Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Boundaries podcast, a podcast where we interview faculty, students, staff, and alums of the Beyond Boundaries series of courses and the Beyond Boundaries program at Washington University in St. Louis. In this podcast, we aim to reach across the digital divide and highlight engaging stories told by Beyond Boundaries faculty and students at WashU and their ideas for future work and play. We hope to give you a window into what Beyond Boundaries is, featuring the next generation of interdisciplinary thinkers and collaborators whose aim is to leverage curiosity across disciplines in an effort to solve some of the most complex and challenging problems we face in the world today. My name is Rob Morgan, and I am the director of the Beyond Boundaries program at WashU and a teaching professor in the area of design and the performing arts department. Enjoy the show. My guest today on the podcast, I am delighted to welcome uh, Beyond Boundaries program coordinator, Simone Picker. I, I was just talking to Simone about um, how valuable she is to this program. Uh, she is like my right hand and sometimes my left. Um, and I, am, I don't know why we haven't had her as a podcast guest yet, but uh, we are changing that today. I am delighted to have Simone on the line to talk about um, herself, her backstory, her role with Beyond Boundaries and all, the, all that good stuff. So Simone Picker, thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> it's so good to have you. I, I honestly, uh, there are so many days where I'm like, I don't know how I would do this without Simone. And um, I'm dating myself, but there, years ago, there was a TV series called MASH. And um, if you haven't heard of it, ask your parents. But um, uh, there was a character on MASH named Radar O'Reilly, and he would follow the uh, the sergeant around with a clipboard and for every question the sergeant had he would uh, he would say hey have you gotten that uh, shipment and he's like already done sir like he would just interrupt him and say already done sir and um simone picker you are like my radar o'reilly you like uh sometimes i'll think of something and you're like already took care of it <laughs> so i'm like that's a miracle how did you read my mind and before i had it in my mind that this is some sort of crazy <laughs> crazy um alchemy you're doing um but uh so so glad to have you um as program coordinator for, for beyond boundaries you joined us um help me remember it in september of yes. last year 20 2018 2018 so yeah so you've been yes. almost two years on the program now um Right. And uh, and like I said, I don't know what I'd do without without your help. Um, oh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you would um, just get started, kind of talk to us about uh, what you do as a program coordinator uh, and your your duties, not only those that you enjoy doing, but maybe those that you don't enjoy doing, <laughs> um, and um, and how you like to work with students. Sure. Um, so I guess my main role is is to coordinate and to um, you know, organize things behind the scenes. Um, I help, you know, Rob and other folks involved with the program to make sure all the administrative tasks are taken care of, um, obviously help assisting students as needed, um, and just, uh, you know, being there to help schedule events and, you know, well, now they're virtual, but, um, you know, schedule things and, um, yeah, just uh, sort of various uh, coordinating and um, helping things move along, helping with certain projects as they come up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, everything overall. As the program grows, um, you know, now we have two years of cohort members in the program. And um, as we kind of, uh, I like to think of them as trains leaving a station. We have multiple trains now uh, of students that we, you know, try to uh, try to make them feel part of the community. And as those, um, those duties get more and more complex, as I'm finding out this semester, um, you're even more valuable in trying to uh, help me keep track of lists and all kinds of details about a student from their t-shirt size to, uh, to whether they're studying remote or in person. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I'd do without you. So there's that aspect to it. But um, I think one aspect, uh, if, if you don't mind me just showering praise on you, Simone, but um, uh, if you, uh, one, one wonderful, or should I say more than one, there are many, many wonderful reasons why I thought you were the perfect fit for this role with the program. Um, one of them is the fact that you, uh, you were a Wash U kind of bred. You, were, you got your undergrad degree and your graduate degree at Wash U, but you've also, I think, taken a shine to this idea that, that you're not just a coordinator, but you're also an advisor, that you enjoy, um, and students enjoy you, uh, talking to you and getting advice from you, because I think you just have, have as much wisdom as any, any of the rest of us. So uh, is that an aspect of the job you enjoy? Yes, definitely. Um, I think one of the main pieces of the role that really appealed to me was obviously being back at WashU and having the opportunity to to work with or you know help in some way students. I had the opportunity in a previous um, position to supervise um, MSW, Master of Social Work students. And I loved it. Um, I had three students total. Um, two were from Washu and another was from a, a, a different graduate school here. But I really just enjoyed so much the, um, the conversations you would have, learning about what they were passionate about and, you know, hopefully being able to guide them in their path. Yeah. Um, I really, um, that was something that I was so excited about and, um, of course, being back at Washu um, in the trial has, yeah, just been you know rem, you know helped me reminisce about all the great yeah. times and um, things I've learned. So oh, nice. And when did you? Um, I guess we could skip to this part. But when when did you arrive at Washu? What year and what what were you studying? Yes. Yeah, so I um, I arrived in the fall of two thousand one. So actually, um, September 11th happened not too long after. I remember in my being in the dorm room, wow. um, seeing it on the TV. It was kind of obviously crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that so that was yeah. I started in in 2001 and finished my undergraduate degree in 2005. And what and were I you, studied, what you studied? Um, I studied. Uh, I double majored in psychology and Spanish and. Um, yeah, I loved it. I I studied abroad and would recommend that to any student if if they can do that. Right. So you did take a semester to study abroad. Yes. Yes. And where where did you go? Uh, I went to Santiago, Chile. Oh wow. Uh, Chile um, for a semester in my the second semester of my junior year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. And. Yeah. Do you, are there still, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but are there still faculty members from your undergraduate years that you bump into <laughs> on campus? Um, a few, a few that I, that I've seen. Um, I 
think I have to sort of work up the nerve to go up to them and reintroduce myself. I, <laughs> right. And I always am worried that, they'll, you know, I don't know, I'll, it will be a little uh, right. sort of unexpected. But yes, there's definitely um, some of the uh, Spanish course instructors and right. um, other folks that, yes, I've recognized them seen. So. <laughs> you should totally walk up to one of them sometime and go, um, in, my, in 2002, you gave me a grade on a paper. <laughs> I'd like to discuss that grade about with you. It? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and they'll be like, that was 18 years ago, ma'am. What are you talking about? Right. Who are you? <laughs> Let me call security. Um, right. um, so, that, so that was your undergrad years from 2001, yeah. you said, to 2005. And then, yeah. and then what happened? Did you um, go straight into grad? I know you spent your grad years at WashU as well. Yes. Um, I, so I, I knew I wanted to just take a little bit of time off. I was uh, seriously considering pursuing a master's in social work, but I, I, I definitely wanted to have a little break in terms, you know, from school and get some work experience. So I, um, I was so fortunate. I, uh, applied and got a position at the International Institute here in St. Louis. It's an amazing uh, nonprofit that works with uh, immigrants and refugees who are settled here. And they had at that time an employment department. So I was, I think my official title was job specialist or employment specialist. And I worked with, um, you know, based on certain criteria, um, immigrants and refugees who were looking for employment. And I helped them, I coached them through the process. and. For those who were newer to St. Louis, explain some of the cultural differences, which there are, you know, quite a few of in terms of, you know, the job search and interviewing and things like that. And yeah. I was able to use Spanish um, every day in, at my at work. So that oh, was great. That's great. Um, oh. So, I've, yeah. I've, and then, I've marveled at your... Um your ability to talk to the cleaning staff that, that visit our office. Oh. Sometimes. I've, I've been in the other room and I have, I have high school Spanish pretty much. And I'm, I'm still very bad at it. And, uh, and then I hear you speaking just, just amazingly, uh, just facile at, uh, at, at Espanol and you're just taking <laughs> up and then you're so, you're so modest afterwards. I'm like, that was amazing. You know, like, what did you guys uh -huh. talk about? And you're like, Oh, I only know a little bit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That was a full-on conversation. What are you talking about? A little bit, um, but uh, but yeah, that's amazing that you got to sort of ply your your immediately really after undergrad ply yeah. what you what you learned at WashU. Um, did you yeah. take any Spanish in high school, or did you have any? Prior? I did. Uh huh. Yeah. I did. I I um, growing up in uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, I think that you know. Well, there may be more language options nowadays, but. Definitely Spanish was a popular yeah. language to learn and um, and useful. And um, I had the, the best, she was, I think, the most difficult out of mm. all the Spanish teachers, but she was so great and just sparked my love for the language. And I continued throughout high school and, and then obviously at WashU. So I loved oh, it, yeah. Nice, nice. But she had an influence on you even beyond your high school years, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Um, so. so let's back up though a second. I have to go. I don't want to go back too far, but uh, I mean back up in the conversation, not your life. Um, but uh, uh, can you finish off? So you you took some time, went to International Institute, and spent uh, uh, a year there, roughly here in St. Louis. 
Right. Um, I think it was officially two, but I started part-time um, pursuing my social work. Got it. Degree. And then, and then you, you uh, uh, pursued a graduate degree at WashU in what areas? Uh, Masters of Social Work. Oh, gotcha. W. Gotcha. And then what, 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 um, what persuaded you to, to sort of pursue that at WashU and not somewhere else? Um, so I guess, I mean, the main reason was I, uh, I decided at that point I was going to be living in St. Louis and staying here. Um, it's a, obviously an excellent school um, that's, you know, has a really great reputation. And I, after working a little bit, I decided that I think I needed to enhance certain skills and, and just learn more about that, you know, that specific field. So I, um, you know, decide, I was able initially to take evening classes while I was working at the International Institute. And then after a year, I decided to become a full-time student and, and complete that degree. So, um, Got it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Um, so, so um, if you wouldn't mind, kind of go back into your your own personal backstory. Where where did you grow up? Uh, it doesn't sound like you have a Texas accent. <laughs> For a young man that grew up in Texas like myself, you don't sound like the rest of the people there. Um, so, you know, I'd love to know a little bit of your your family history that you're willing to share. Sure. Thank you. Um, So I am originally from Johannesburg, South Africa. I was born there and I lived there till I was nine. And then my um, immediate family moved, immigrated to Dallas, Texas, where I, I guess, grew up through high school. I came, I guess I was in fourth grade. Um, And I stayed through high school and then uh, ended up coming to an older friend of mine who was a year ahead of me. I went to visit her um, at WashU when I was looking at universities and colleges, and I loved it from the beginning um, and knew I could see myself there. And um, anyway, so I eventually came to St. Louis to be at WashU and, and have never left. So <laughs> That's neat. Um, and do you have any siblings? Did you grow up with any I other? I do. You do? Yes, I have a wonderful brother. Um, he uh, is... Uh, just under two years younger than me, and he has um, he's married with four kids, a beautiful family, and they live in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, New York? Yes, correct, oh, yes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, cool, uh, that's very cool. Um, and do you, do you get back to, I don't, I don't think if I've heard you talk about him, but so you're an auntie as well as a mom. <laughs> yes, correct, yes. What do they yes. call you, anti-sim? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, either my name or aunt or auntie. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. That, and so, uh, uh, so you emigrated here at age nine and um, spent your high school years in Dallas, or I should say the remainder right. of your your education in Dallas. And then, uh, what what prompted, uh, what made you kind of realize that WashU was was the place for you? And as a high school senior. Yes. Um, well, I'd heard I'd heard about it. Um, I'd heard about it from other people who were interested in it, and um, I think just when I just being on campus, and I was able to, which I think also helped me just you know get familiar and learn more about um, learn more about it was staying with my friend in one of the dorms, um, and being able to attend class with her and. Um, I just, I, I, I was, 
uh, there were other universities I was excited about, but not not like WashU. And I just um, I ended up applying early decision because I kind of was you know was just hoping that it would work out. And luckily, I got enough um, financial aid and everything to to make it work. But yeah, I just I think the people, you know, just the the life on campus and the excitement and um, just seeing what the atmosphere was like, which is really, I felt so welcome and I fit in and, you know, I think they, it was just, obviously the campus is beautiful. Um, and I think I also wanted to um, be out of Texas, just have an experience, you know, somewhere else. Um, right. So Fascinating. And yeah, so uh, uh, talk a little bit about your, your family. So uh, you're, you're a proud mom of two boys yes. who, who yes. are adorable. <laughs> Um, but I know they didn't come along by themselves. So can you, can you speak a little bit about to your, you know, uh, when you became a mom and what that's like? And... Sure. sure. Um, so I uh, am uh, actually, um, yeah, so Noah is my oldest. He is uh, eight and Lev is our youngest son and he is five. And they are very sweet and have a ton of energy and really, um, you know, despite, unfortunately, um, all the crazy changes that have happened recently, they have, I think, really bonded even more than before. Um, so, that you know, they're three years apart, which can be challenging at times, but um, they've just really um, connected a lot as we've been home recently. And, um, yeah, they're very sweet and um and say funny things, which I recently started writing down because I felt like I would appreciate looking back on it at some point. So, um, That's amazing. Can, you know, you re- can you remember one of those things? Like, sure, sure. One. Um, so, right, well, was, first of all, will they be, very, if, if yes. they hear this in 20 years, will they be thoroughly embarrassed? And if so, yes. If that's the, if the answer is yes, right. then we have to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes, and also that's, I think that's just part of being, you know, Right, Part of right. being a parent is having that uh, <laughs> opportunity so what to do that. Um, so recently, um, I was putting my youngest son to bed, and he said to me, "Out of nowhere, usually things are out of nowhere. Like there's no, not you know, not any prior conversation that led to that." Um, and he said, "Have you ever cried at how old you are now?" <laughs> and have you, uh, you ever know, cried at how old you are? Like that's really old. How old you are now? That yeah, must like be meaning like have you? <laughs> so I said, so I was, you know, then I have to like think about it. Um, but I said I have. I, I said I have cried. I said people, you know, can cry for different things and at yeah. different ages, and so you yeah. probably got more of an answer than you needed. But <laughs> that's adorable. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I do. I often cry that I'm. Right. I'm I found a gray hair yesterday, and <laughs> thanks, son, for <laughs> rubbing it in. That's, that's hilarious. Uh, you know, uh, I don't—I forget—was it Lev or Noah who um, made me a birthday card that I treasure to this day? Um, I have a lot of your son's artwork, by the way, pinned to my office wall, um, and uh, and they're very kind about you know, sending me a homemade birthday card or something, but. Uh, was it Lev that wrote, he wrote, happy birthday, Rod, R-O-D. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I thought it was so cute. And you said, what, what was it? You, what was the explanation behind Rod? 
Oh, he. I think. It, well, I think it was Noah. I oh, hope Noah. you won't okay. get mad with me saying that. But he, you know, he has trouble with um, bees and bees. Right. So, so he just did the mirror image of the bee, and it turned out rod. Right. And uh, I've told you before. I think rod is a much better name than than rod. <laughs> I don't know. I think of, I think of someone very macho. I think of a rod, but. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was so hilarious, and I've just treasured treasured that uh, that card. Um, okay. So, uh, so uh, talk about a little bit about what you did after grad school. You worked at the Jewish Community Center, right? Yes, correct. Uh, for a, a, a good long time, actually, about nine years. Uh, what did you do there? Yes, yes. So, um, just to put in some context, I started um, working with a a smaller nonprofit um, called Nishma, which is a Hebrew word that means we will listen. Um, and it was um, just at that time myself and the executive director, um, Ronnie Sherwin, who's an incredible person and professional. And anyway, we um, I worked with her. It was just the two of us in a small office. Actually, we rented it out of uh, Hillel at Wash on Washu's campus. Mm-hmm. We rented a, an office out of then. I was there for two years, and then she ended up um, doing something else outside of Missouri, so she moved, and she, the organization uh, merged with the Jewish Community Center, so we became like a department at the, at the J um, here in town. And so, yes, yeah, so then I was there, uh, yeah, for, I guess about, uh, yeah, close to uh, nine years, and uh, it was great. It was, uh, I loved having the experience of working in a very small, you know, organization that's very, um, you know, relies a lot on volunteer efforts, right. and um, and then being a part of a much larger organization and how what that looks like, and um, the community was great, and Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a, a really great, and um, I enjoyed many. I did a lot of um, pro- program coordination for young girls and and young women mm-hmm. um, there, and I really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. um, I, as I said, I think you know one of the re- really fun parts was supervising students who were doing their practicums at at the community center. Yeah, so. yeah, that's so admirable. I, I um. Uh, this is a bit of a sidebar, but uh, we have a, a mentoring program we piloted this summer as a Beyond Boundaries program piloted with a colleague of ours at UC Berkeley. And um, as part of that, you have to fill out a profile online. And um, and I did so, and you did so, and all of the students that were involved did so. And that, that essentially makes uh, recommendations for people that you should uh, reach out to who are what we call near peers, students who are very recent alums. Um, and and uh, myself and others, uh, there's a question on the profile that asks, you know, uh, who your role model is. And I, I think I put Steve Martin because <laughs> I think he's, you know, he's kind of a renaissance guy. He's like an art collector and he's very creative and he plays music and he's an actor and a comedian and he does it all. And he's not afraid of, of any of it, you know. Um, and uh, I've seen others put, uh, for example, Elon Musk or someone like that. And and you put a trauma survivor. And I thought that was so poignant, the fact that you put a trauma, trauma survivor. Because if I can quote you to you, Simone, you wrote, um, because he or she often demonstrates an inner strength, hope for the future, and pure courage. 
I thought that was so beautiful. It made me almost want to weep when I read that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I, if you don't mind, I don't mean to put you on the spot either. No, sure. I, uh, I, I know I, I feel like it's a little, little intense, um, uh, but I, I think, I don't know, also, you know, being at home a lot during this time and, you know, obviously people have, I think in general, had a lot of time to reflect on things. Um, I think I was kind of in a deep um, mindset when I was putting that out. But I think there's, um, I don't know, a lot to say for people who experience something, whatever it is, um, that's traumatic in some way and are able to, uh, you know, overcome it. Yeah. yeah. I I think that, um, I don't know, there's just, people have so much... uh, inner strength and the ability to see past what they're going through. It's just really um, something I admire. And I think there are things that you can, even though you, you know, someone may have not gone through something, they could still just learn so much from people who, um, you know, experience something that intense, I guess. That's it's So I I just thought it was so, I have to point out how unique that was that, um, (laughs) that your uh, gut instinct was, was not to actually mention a name, but mention someone who's, uh doesn't occupy some, some position of power or artistic ability or anything, but it's, it's someone that uh, has that kind of inner courage, which I thought was just beautiful. Um, and not at all surprising that what I know about you is it's totally not surprising at all. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I think it'd be good for the students that do listen both, you know, prospective students, perhaps, or current students, um, how welcoming, you mentioned the Jewish Community Center, and you you spend a lot of time on our campus, um, you know, as a, both an undergrad and a grad. Can you talk a little bit about the Jewish experience on campus? It's a, a as I understand it, a very welcoming uh, campus yes. for the Jewish community. Yes, um, you know, I, I guess, go- I, I ha- for some reason, I um, had this feeling coming in to wash you as an as an undergrad and especially as like a first year student that I'd be like the only one doing whatever I was doing, especially like, you know, religiously. Uh And I was completely like taken by surprise at how the, you know, different staff members I worked with or like had already were familiar with things and, you know, knew about people who had certain religious, um, you know, obligations or things that they did that needed accommodations. Um, I, it was just really um, eye-opening. And, you know, even though I think a lot of time has passed and, and the, the Jewish community, at least on Washu's campus, looks very different today, they are still incredible resources. And I think, um, especially now, I was just seeing that, um, you know, posting on, on some Facebook posts about various um, Jewish organizations on campus have come together to work with, for example, the, you know, Bon Appetit or the catering to make sure that there's kosher meals provided all around campus. And, you know, I think they um, have really come together in a lot of ways to meet the needs of students. Um, I think, you know, every campus, you know, ideally you would hope would be um, accommodating and welcoming to students, uh, regardless of you know whatever they practice or beliefs they have. And um, speaking for myself, definitely, I mean, being in the you know as a part of and being involved at Hillel and Chabad on campus, and 
they just are a lot of really great and more so now I'm sure than when I was a student. So. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think you've, you've hosted students at your own home uh, for Shabbat. Do I have that right? Yes. There's, there's, there are some more formal ways where they've, they've reached out to local families. Um, we, I happen to, we happen to live, um, not so, you know, pretty close to campus, um, just the neighborhood over. And um, we, uh, they, um, there's been ways where you can volunteer to host that, you know, uh, various students. Um, we've also just some students who we, who I, my mom connects me with, you know, being in Dallas, you know, there'll be some students who are from there and, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, feel free to reach out. I know this person's coming and, so I, you know, they'll, we've had students, particularly from Dallas and other places, yes, yeah. over over the years. So it's been yeah. great. Huh. I think I recall one of my own students, Leah, uh, yeah. was yeah. a, a, a Jewish uh, student, but also hails from Dallas Fort Worth area. I think. Um, yes. So, uh, so yeah. Um, well, that's really great. I want students to know that there's that those resources exist. Um, I, I recall I had a colleague in the theater world that I worked with lives she lives in Indianapolis and she called me once and she said we're coming to visit Wash U and uh do you you know what can you tell us um, while we're there about the the community uh for for Jewish students there and I said I don't know anything but um, <laughs> we had a lunch and I asked one of my Jewish students to meet with us and she thankfully had all the answers to all the questions they had about about the resources that Wash U has and there there are many um, so that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so you talked about your kids. I did leave off one important member of your family and that is Milo. Oh yeah. Um, can you tell the audience who Milo is and how adorable he is? Uh, your third son. Sure. Should we call him your third yeah. son? <laughs> yes. Well, so the, the running joke in the family is my husband, Daniel, he, um, when he decided that he was, you know, okay with adopting a dog that day, I think I went out to try and find, you know, a dog. And I, I happened to grow up with a pug who we loved very much. And um, so I'm a little partial to that breed of pugs. And um, anyway, we found one that were actually, he was, had, there were three of them and I wish we could have taken all of them, but at that time we were in a smaller condo so we didn't really right. have the space but yeah Milo he oh my gosh he is a very sweet dog he right. just had his 12th birthday in August oh happy birthday so <laughs> and uh, so Daniel's running joke is he refers to him as my the boys' older brother <laughs> and um and so at one point and I guess going back to funny things kids say is one of my boys asked if you know if he had Milo had been in my tummy at one point. <laughs> so then I had to explain that, like, you know, right. not in too much detail, but how that right. works. Yeah, you had to explain that your husband had misled his own children, is what right. you had to explain. <laughs> but while, while, yes, he is a part of the family, he's, right. he's still a dog and not a human. And, right, right. Um, <laughs> so no, so the answer is no. He spent no time at all in mommy's tummy. That's hilarious. That's so adorable. Yeah. Milo is also the loudest snorer I've ever heard, a human or dog otherwise. Like uh, you brought him into the office on occasion and I'm like, what is that noise? And you're like, oh, sorry, that's Milo. <laughs> you know, should I wake him up? And I'm like, no, 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 don't wake him up. <laughs> he, he, should, he should continue to snore and, and enjoy his nap. Um, yeah. That's, that's so awesome. 
Milo is a hoot. Um, you just said that that uh, your husband said uh, that you could get a dog, and then you considered getting three. I <laughs> know <laughs> I had to. It was hard. They, you know, because they were all we saw the three siblings together. Right. When we went to go meet oh, them, gotcha. it was really hard to say, "Oh, we're only you know taking yeah. one and separating them." But yeah. I guess I had envisioned this trip to, to finding a dog that you were by yourself and that you almost brought home three dogs <laughs> instead of one. Like, I thought I said I one. No, I brought three. Is that okay? Um, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, so yeah, Milo's an unofficial Beyond Boundaries mascot. He's uh, <laughs> very funny. Um, well, I think we're kind of, um, I wanted to wrap up with a question that we ask all the guests and, uh, and that is, and it could be a bit, two bits of advice. It doesn't have to be one. Um, uh, what, if you could go back in time to your first semester at WashU, you're fresh out of high school in Dallas and you've just arrived in St. Louis, this foreign land <laughs> and, uh, and you, uh, you know, you start your studies uh, right here in, in St. Louis at WashU as a Spanish and psychology major. Um, what advice would you, if you could, give yourself now, if you could go back in time and, and whisper in your own ear? Yes, that's, um, you know, I think it was helpful. I listened to a lot of the other po uh, podcast episodes and I think um, <laughs> people have very advice. good... <laughs> no, right. I was like, okay, I, I, I think people had very wise um, answers to this question. Um, I think my, I, mine's sort of in the similar vein, but a little different. Um, I was thinking that obviously in addition to really, you know, trying new things and, you know, not being afraid to, you know, be out of your comfort zone. I think the thing that I, looking back and I wish I would have done it even more, was to, and now I guess it's also a little trickier because of, you know, physical distancing and, you know, the public health regulations. But the idea of really um, interacting with and getting to know and even becoming friends with people who are completely different than yourself, mm -hmm. um, I, think, I think with time you find, uh, you know, things you have in common with them that can really connect you. But... I just um, learned so much. I mean, just being on a, you know, on the first year in the first year dorm and on that my floor, which you know, Ruby too, we were very um, proud of. Um, which the dorm doesn't even exist anymore. But um, <laughs> but I was told I think there may be bricks. <laughs> right, so they were done. I, I I heard there may be bricks available that you can. Oh, really? I don't know. Get a hold of, and I'm like, is that too weird? Um, so, but yeah, I think just really um, sort of intentionally seeking out people who are just totally, you know, have different backgrounds or, you know, lived experiences and things that um, you can just learn from um, is something I enjoy doing and wish I would have done more of. Um, and I think also, which now, again, things are, are you know, differing on campus in a number of ways. I think there's a lot of there's a lot more engagement with the St. Louis community mm -hmm. outside of WashU. Um, and I think I was, you know, I was very content with being on campus. There was a lot to do and a lot mm -hmm. to get involved in. Um, I think just really, and I, now I'm very happily living here and I've gotten to know St. Louis a lot better, but I think just really getting out there and, and learning about the city, um, I know some of our Beyond Boundary students have done a lot of that already, 
yeah. and made limited time on campus. So I think I would, yeah. people should take advantage. The city has really, um, in, sure. you know, interesting history and uh, a lot to see. Yeah, so. yeah. So like a, a, a basically a kind of a get outside your bubble kind of a bit of advice, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, correct. I, I was just uh, talking to another couple students on the podcast about how I'm so impressed by the fact that uh, that these two students on the on the pod um, were not even from here, and they've adopted St. Louis and Missouri as their own, and they, you know, they honestly put their their heart and soul and efforts into into helping make this city and this community uh, better, you know, beyond the walls of of WashU. Um, so yeah, I think that's great advice. Actually, I think that's something students should should hear to put themselves outside their comfort zone a little bit and uh, get a new perspective on things. Um, well, this has been delightful. I I um, I think I told you when we talked about doing this that uh, I really want students to know uh, that in addition to myself, in addition to uh, Assistant Director Jennifer Harpering that they can they can call you and they can write to you and they they you are come with a wealth of of wisdom and uh experience for them and more so than myself or jenny wash you experience you know directly related to this university that i think is very valuable and i um i hope that they know that that you're there and that you actually uh if i'm not mistaken enjoy <laughs> that kind of relationship with students uh <laughs> You know that they're more than just numbers on a page um, for you. That they're they're uh, as we say at WashU a lot. Their name and story. You know mm -hmm. that you you want to get to know them by name and story. So uh, so I, I hope that uh, students listening to this will will not think twice about contacting you uh, and uh, and reaching out. Um, well, that's great. This has been delightful. I mean, you and I have plenty of conversations, but never on tape um, or whatever. <laughs> whatever, I think I just used an antiquated term on tape, but, um, uh, you know, I think this is a, a great way for them to get to know you kind of long form and during COVID, uh, you know, tough to have a conversation like this face-to-face uh, -face anymore. So, um, so thanks for your time. Uh, you, you have mothering to do, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm particularly grateful that you, you've spent some time with us. Thank you so much, Robert. It was really fun. Yeah, I'm so so glad that you're on board, and um, yeah, I'm gonna have to clone you as the as the as the program grows. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for your time, Simone. Thank you.